Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Technical Talk Podcast. This episode will double as two firsts. First, it'll obviously be <laughs> the first episode of the second season of this podcast. I'm so honored to be able to come back and do another season with you guys. So thank you for listening. Let's get that out of the way. Second, it will be our first tournament night episode um, as the in-season tournament has progressed and we are getting closer to the knockout stage specifically we'll be recapping the game between the utah jazz and the los angeles lakers that went down at crypto.com arena so welcome back it's good to have you buckle up and let's get started You're out right of your mind there is no way that lebron will ever be jordan nobody will ever be jordan okay okay lebron's a better rebounder and passer will you let me finish can you, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! All right, so for those of you that aren't really familiar with the in-season tournament, I figured I would take the time to go ahead and explain how it worked. Um, you know, the competition began back uh, on Friday, November 9th, and it will conclude on Saturday, December 9th uh, with a championship game. The semifinals will take place Thursday, December 7th. The end-season tournament consists of group play and knockout stages. All 30 teams were randomly drawn into groups of five with their conferences based on their win-loss records from last season. Group play takes place every Tuesday and Friday, tournament nights as they're dubbed, with each team playing four games against each opponent in their group two home and two away. A total of eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds. The team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups and two wildcard teams, or the teams from each conference with the best record in group play games that finish second in their group. The knockout rounds will be single elimination games in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship rounds. The teams that qualify will get to play for the prize pool and new NBA Cup trophy. NBA in-season tournament games do count towards regular season win-loss records, except for the championship game. How was the drawing for the groups done? Well, each team was placed into a pot based on its record from last season. In each conference, one team from each pot was randomly selected into each of the three groups in that conference. The pots went like this. Pot 1 saw teams with the best three prior season records in a conference. Pot 2 the teams with the 4th to 6th previous best season records. Pot 3, the teams with the 7th to ninth best previous season records. Pot 4, the teams with the 10th through 12th best previous season records. And finally, Pot 5, you guessed it, the teams with the 13th to 15th best previous preseason. I mean, regular season records, excuse me. Players on the winning team will receive $500,000 each, and winning coaches will win $500K, while assistants on the staff will share in a pool of 85% of what the head coach received. Now, with the reminder portion out of the way and how the NBA in-season tournament actually works, let me give you the groups just in case you're not familiar or you just forgot. Of course, after today's game summary, we'll update the standings after the slate of games that we saw on Tuesday. We'll start with East Group A. East Group A contains the Pacers, the Cavs, the 76ers, the Hawks, and the Pistons. East Group B is comprised of the Heat, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Wizards. East Group C, the Celtics, the Nets, the Magic, the Raptors, and the Chicago Bulls. Now let's flip you over to the West. West Group A is Utah Jazz, Los Angeles Lakers, Phoenix Suns, Portland Trailblazers, and Memphis Grizzlies. 
Moving on to West Group B, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, the Rockets, the Mavericks, and the Clippers. And finally, West Group C, the Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Spurs, the Thunder, and the Kings. That's all for this segment of the podcast. Um, The knockout stages will begin December 4th. But up next, we have the game summary of the Tuesday night game between Utah and... All right, so getting you into the game summary uh, between the Utah Jazz and Los Angeles Lakers. Our storyline was that the Lakers looked to finish perfect in the tournament group play and be the first team through to the knockout stage as LeBron came off of a 37-point masterpiece, while Utah looked to keep West Group 8 tight after a heartbreaking double overtime loss to Phoenix on Friday night. Los Angeles came in 8-5 overall, 6th in the West, and 1st in West Group A at 3-0 in tournament play. Utah, on the other hand, uh, was 4-9 overall. They came in 12th in the West, 2nd in West Group A at 2-1 in tournament play. This was the first of three regular season meetings between these two teams. Getting into my pregame keys, really for Utah, it was taking care of the basketball Utah came in averaging the second highest turnover margin per game in the NBA at 17.3. The Jazz have a fairly good offense in terms of efficiency as they boast a borderline top team, uh, top 10 team in terms of offensive efficiency. Um, they also came in top 10 in terms of points per game, but none of that would mean anything if they couldn't take care of the ball. The Jazz averaged the second most appointed point points per game off turnovers in the NBA, and if you couple it with the fact that they were also in the bottom five in terms of defensive efficiency and the Lakers came in ninth in steals, it just makes winning the game that much harder for them. As for the Lakers, it was really get to the basket. You know, the game last night, in my mind, for them would be dependent on if they could focus their offensive effort on working the inside. The Jazz commit the fifth most personal fouls in the NBA while also giving up the fourth highest field goal percentage in the paint outside of the restricted area. The Lakers averaged the fourth most personal fouls drawn on the other hand and were fifth in free throws attempted and sixth in free throws made per game. They also have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on their side who were 18th and 19th in the NBA in free throws attempted and averaged a combined 12.5 attempts a game from the free throw line on average. Let's get you into the game summary. Uh, Los Angeles really jumped all over Utah in the first quarter. Uh, and Despite, you know, the Jazz being a really good rebounding team offensively, they lost that battle to the Lakers early. Um, you know, the Jazz also couldn't really get anything to fall. They shot 25.9% overall in the first quarter. Uh, and that was mainly contributed just by the fact that they were 2 of 14 from 3. Uh, if you don't have that math or a calculator on that top of your head that's 14.3 percent you know I I figured that they would start to drive the basketball a little more to alleviate some of that um, terrible to be completely honest with you shooting and try to get to the free throw line but you know they still continue to let it fly in that first quarter with reckless abandon Uh, the Lakers took an advantage of their size uh, in comparison to Utah um, as the Jazz were without Walker Kessler. So that played a pretty big role in how they defended Anthony Davis, and they were all, you know, relatively successful in getting to the paint. They had a 20-10 to 10 advantage uh, points in the paint-wise at the end of the first quarter. 
The second quarter saw the Jazz able to rebound from that terrible first quarter as they shot 9-21 to or 43% from the floor. It also saw them shoot only nine threes that quarter as they paid more attention to driving the basketball. Uh, but, you know, the only issue was Anthony Davis, who continued his assault on the painted area and around the rim as he would have a double-double at halftime with 17 points and 10 rebounds on 70% from the floor. And really, you know, coming out of halftime, um, the Lakers were up so much. It just, it really felt that, it really felt like they just had such a commanding lead. Um, and Utah, on the other hand, just really couldn't get anything going. And they def- definitely could not stop um, Los Angeles on the inside. The Lakers for the game had a 76 to 54 point in the paint advantage. Uh, that's plus 12. Um, fast break points, the Lakers also won. 24 to 8 that's a 16 uh, point differential and also the Lakers shot 61 percent in the second half and then another keynote would be Anthony Davis 88.9 percent of his points were generated in the paint the best thing you know for the Lakers all night was Anthony Davis this is something that I would love to see from him on a night in and night out basis Um, maybe not the double-double by halftime, that'd be great. I'm sure Los Angeles would take that in a heartbeat. But, you know, just the the passion. Um, I'm, I'm not one to call NBA players lazy. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication to get to where they are and to play the level of basketball they play. So for me to sit here and challenge a player's um, work ethic is just not my place. I've always felt that with Anthony Davis, it's just he knows how talented he is, and I feel like he gets in his own way by just getting in his head sometimes. Uh, Sometimes he's not there mentally, it feels like, and and that by in no means uh, makes him lazy, uh, in my opinion. But I know that Darvin Ham uh, preached consistency with this team, Um, and I know that as a head coach, he would most likely love Anthony Davis to continue what we saw last night. Um, Just speaking on really the whole situation going on in Los Angeles, the Lakers did something very smart. They have the Mavericks coming in Wednesday um, or tonight um, when you guys will probably hear this, Um, but they were able to keep LeBron's minutes in a reasonable range. You know, he's averaging probably, I, I believe it's close to 35 minutes per game. Um, and you know, during a blowout on the first night of a back-to-back, he only played seven minutes and 15 seconds in the second half and only 24 for the game. You know, um, I feel like that is going to pay dividends, uh, coming into the game against Dallas. As you know, as you guys probably are aware, Dallas is a juggernaut on offense. Um, and so them being able to pull LeBron and keep him at least relatively fresh at 38, almost 39, he's a couple weeks away from 39 years old. Um, you know, the Lakers went on to win this game 131-99, and they've won six of their last seven and are 7-1 seven at, seven and one at home, uh, which is the second-best home record in the NBA. Uh, the Jazz, on the other hand, are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 and 1-6 and six on the road. You know, when we look at the Utah Jazz, um, who are coached by Will Hardy, you see a lot of potential. You know, looking at some of their statistics coming into the night, you know, they're a top 10 team in points per game. They averaged 116.8. And then they're also top 10 in three points made and three points attempted. Uh, They both rank eight at 14.1, 
three-pointers made and um, 38 threes attempted. They're also top 10 in three-point percentage. They shoot 37%. And so on the offensive end of the floor, that's going to be enough to beat some of the meddling teams. But where we run into problems, this team commits the second most turnovers in the NBA, commits the fifth most personal fouls in the NBA, is 23rd in defensive rebounding, despite being first in total rebounding and first in offensive rebounding. And so what you run into here is you just don't have enough on the fundamental part of the offensive floor, managing your turnovers. Um, getting to the free throw line. They don't do that particularly well either. In fact, they're 16th. Uh, they were 16th coming in in free throws attempted at only 22 a game. And so when you're a young team, you typically want to preach to your guys um, to, to just come out and attack, maybe not pull up uh, for three on a lot of these possessions that I saw them do that. It just felt like an overabundance of three-point shots. And so when you're 27th in defensive efficiency and you are also, I mean, 20th in effective field goal percentage, which has that three-point shot in there, I mean, it's just not really ideal to, to put yourself in, in a position to, um, to, to really win a lot of basketball games. But, you know, they were missing Walker Kessler. Uh, he does have a sprained – he has a sprained elbow, I believe. Um, and so that kind of did impede their success in defending Anthony Davis. But again, I mean, you you like to see the threes go in, but like I always say, uh, I mean, you live by the three and you die by the three. And the Jazz really didn't do themselves any favors last night with um, that performance. All right, let's get you to the in-season tournament standings update after Tuesday's in-season tournament games. Obviously, the Lakers beat the Jazz 131-99. We just recapped that game for you. The Suns were victorious over the Portland Trailblazers 120-107. The Cavaliers and 76ers went to overtime, but it was the Cavs who left victorious 122-119. The Pacers and Hawks played one of the best basketball games I've ever seen as the Pacers rallied from 20 behind at one point to defeat the Atlanta Hawks 157 to 152. Yes, they combined for 309 points. If you have NBA League Pass or even don't have NBA League Pass, I suggest you buy it and you go back and watch that game. It was incredible. And lastly, the Orlando Magic defeated the Toronto Raptors 126 to 107. So what does that all mean for these in-season tournament groups? Let's get you the updated group standing, starting with West Group a, the Lakers clinched the group as they went a perfect 4-0 in um, tournament group play. The Suns leaped and eliminated the Jazz from knockout stage contention with their win against the Blazers. They'll have to await a wild card spot in the West, which makes their game against Memphis vitally important. The Jazz, Blazers, and Grizzlies were all eliminated. West Group B. The Pelicans were idle, but remained tied with the Denver Nuggets for first place as neither team is clinched. The Rockets were behind them at 1-1 one one in group play with two games remaining against the Nuggets and Mavs. The Clippers follow at 1-2. This group has not been decided due to no separation in standings and each team still fighting for a wild card spot. West Group C, the Kings and Timberwolves are tied with one another at 2-0 in this group with a game coming up against one another that could shake their placement up and even eliminate one as they each have two games remaining. Next come in the Golden State Warriors at 1-1. Then the Oklahoma City Thunder are third in this group at 1-2. The Spurs are the only group are the only team in this group eliminated. 
um, as they are 0-3 currently in group play. Now let's flip you over to the Eastern Conference side of the in-season tournament. The Pacers have clinched East Group A as they went 3-0 in group play. Next are the Cavs uh, at 2-1. The 76ers are the surprise of this group as they have to wait for a wild card spot as they will not have the tiebreaker with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Next come the Hawks at 1-2. They can check it up as they have a game against Cleveland coming up as well. That Indiana loss really does hurt them. They would have been prime and through um, if they had won that game. And finally, the Pistons are eliminated as they are 0-3 in in-season tournament group play. Next comes East Group B. The Bucks and the Heat lead this group, both at 2-0. Next come the Knicks at 1-1 and the Hornets at 1-2. Last and eliminated in Group B are the Washington Wizards at 0-3. Finally, East Group C. Boston leads the way at 2-0, followed by the Nets and Magic at 2-1 respectively. The Bulls are 0-2, and finally the Raptors are 0-2 as well. Looking at the wild card race, in the Eastern Conference, the Pacers are the lone team that's clinched the knockout round play with the next two teams being the Bucks and Celtics at each at 2-0. The current wild card team is the Miami Heat at 2-0 and a point differential of plus 13. The closest teams to them are the Nets and Cavs, each at 2-1, with a plus 8 and plus 6 point differential, respectively. In the West, the Lakers were the only team that has clinched knockout round bid, as the Kings and Pelicans are the other West leaders, with the Timberwolves as the current wildcard team at 2-0, with a plus 10 point differential, while the next two teams are the Suns and Nuggets, each at 2-1, with a plus 13 and plus 9 point differential each remember in cases of ties the wild card and tie breaking rules are as follows the wild card is the team from each conference with the best record in group play games that finish second in their group in the event two or more teams are tied for the wild card in a conference the tie among the teams will be broken following the same tiebreaker protocol as we explained earlier um with the exception of head-to-head record in the group stage. Ties within groups will be broken before the calculation of a wild card tiebreaker. Remember that in-season tournament games go down Tuesday and Friday nights up until, of course, December 4th when the knockout round stages begin. That's going to do it for our in-season tournament all right, before I get out of here, I just want to thank you for tuning in to this in-season tournament episode of Technical Talk. I wanted to run over our schedule and what you can expect from this podcast in Season 2 going forward. Tuesday and Friday nights will be tournament nights with the format just like this, where we specifically talk about the in-season tournament. Other episodes released on other days will be regular season episodes where we'll recap non-in-season tournament games and update you with action and standings from both conferences all starting Wednesday with our first doubleheader game summary here in Season 2 of Technical Talk. That's all I have for you. Thank you guys for listening. And lastly...